Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Hi there, Sean. Could you actually resurrect a dinosaur in any event? Do you have to use a bit of dinosaur <laughs> DNA and something else? Well, would you want to? Would you want to? Um, but uh, that's another question, I suppose. But the, the question of could we do it? Um, ever since the first Jurassic World, uh, Jurassic Park film came out you know, nearly 30 years ago, every paleontologist has known that if they're the first one to find dinosaur DNA, they'll become very, very famous. But, uh, but nobody has ever found any dinosaur DNA yet. Not even a tiny, tiny, tiny little fragment. And it's because DNA breaks down very quickly after an animal dies. So it seems unlikely, I don't want to say impossible, (laughs) because you never want to say that as a scientist, but it seems unlikely we'll find much dinosaur DNA. But there are some extinct mammals, things like woolly mammoths, uh, which maybe, maybe would be easier to bring back to life because we do have DNA. And I tell the story of these uh, mammoths in in the rise and reign of the mammals in the new book. Uh, And those particular woolly mammoths, is there enough DNA, has enough DNA been found to resurrect it on its own terms? Or do you have to kind of mix it with a bit of elephant or something? No. So one of the remarkable things about mammoths, they seem like they're these beasts from prehistory. But in, in actuality, mammoths, they lived until just a few thousand years ago. And our human ancestors would have seen mammoths and encountered mammoths and hunted mammoths. And a lot of mammoth uh, carcasses are still found frozen in the permafrost in Alaska, in Siberia. So we have frozen mammoths with hair and muscles and skin and guts and really everything there, including DNA. So we know the entire genome, the entire DNA sequence of the woolly mammoth. We actually know more about woolly mammoth DNA than we do about a lot of living mammals. So we have the DNA, and in order to clone it, we would need a mother species, and the Indian elephant is a very close relative of of the mammoth. So it seems like it might be possible, and I think it will be, that one day we wake up to the news that somebody has cloned a mammoth. Uh, But again, it goes back to the question of, should we want to? Yes, and that, you know, the very famously Jeff Goldblum's character, Ian Malcolm in the Jurassic Park film, you know, you spend so much time thinking about the could, you never really thought about the should. So can we do it? Maybe. Should we do it? Ooh, that's a ethically loaded question. What I will say is the reason the woolly mammoth is not alive anymore is probably because of us, because we probably hunted it to death and affected its environment so much. If there were no humans, maybe woolly mammoths would still be here. Right. So in that sense, maybe it's an ethically good thing. I'm, I'm saying that's at least would be one argument, bringing back the mammoth. And, but even if we were able to bring back dinosaurs, the world is a very different place. Our, our environment, our atmosphere is a very different place. It, might life be very difficult for them? You are absolutely right, Sean. The world today is so different than the world that, say, a T-Rex or a Brontosaurus would have lived in. The world back then was much warmer. There were no ice caps at the poles. There was more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. There were different plants. There were different insects. There was different bacteria. The entire ecosystems were different. Even the continents were in different places. The land has moved around since then. So if we brought back a T-Rex, it would essentially be an alien species. It would be like a human going <laughs> trying to live on Mars or something like that. So that would be part of the ethical conundrum of whether we really should bring back ancient species. And presumably the, the dinosaurs then, that would imply would it, that, that the dinosaurs that were only herbivores 
their natural food supply just isn't there anymore. Yes. And so some dinosaurs like, say, Brontosaurus, the very famous dinosaurs with the long necks, they lived back in the Jurassic period about 150 million years ago. They never would have seen a flower. They never would have seen a fruit. They never would have seen a blade of grass. All of those things evolved later. So their entire ecosystems, their entire world, their entire food sources were just totally different than what we have here today. Mm, so they might not survive very long anyway. They might not. And it might be cruel when you think about it that way to bring something that, that lived that long ago back into our modern world today. Uh, so, but then the meat-eating ones, the T-Rexes and the raptors, what would they eat? I mean, apart from us. <laughs> they would certainly try to eat us, I'm sure. They, they, it would probably be easier on them because they could hunt probably whatever you know, game was available on offer. So I think you probably would see them hunting deer and bison and wildebeest and these kind of things that um, lions, tigers, wolves, and so on eat today. Would pollution affect them? Probably, yes. I mean, there are so many things that we as humans are pumping into the atmosphere, putting into the rivers and the lakes and the oceans, chemicals, you know, things that come from our industrial societies that dinosaurs never would have had to deal with. So yes, I mean, you think of all the herbicides and other things that we use in agriculture, those kind of chemicals. I mean, something like a brontosaurus or a T-Rex would have never come across those things. Yeah. Is it possible that we might eat dinosaurs, that they might be tasty? <laughs> you know what? They probably would have tasted like chicken, a lot of them, because of course, today's birds evolved from dinosaurs. So it's very reasonable to think that uh, a lot of dinosaurs would have tasted like chicken. I say that only half jokingly. I mean, really, it's, you know, scientifically, hey, birds are their closest relatives. Um, and when you think about it, um, if something like a brontosaurus, you know, lived in today's world, that would be a whole lot of meat on one of those animals. So I am sure that one of the first things humans would try to do is to try to domesticate uh, those dinosaurs and use them uh, for their meat, kind of like Fred Flintstone, you know, having his bronto burgers. That would be like a super big chicken. Th th <laughs> but, uh, but I suppose a danger would be you bring back one of the bigger ones and it just eats everything. So that's that's, you know, say goodbye to our ecosystem. What's left of it as it is. Yes, it, and, and there surely would be all kinds of untold, unpredictable consequences. We can sit here and we can think about the what-ifs and have a little bit of fun you know, with it. But if something like a T-Rex or a Brontosaurus really was plonked into our world today, I'm sure there's all kinds of things that would follow, domino effects that would follow, that we could scarcely envision. And really, that's the whole premise of Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. And now we have the sixth film in the franchise coming out. It kind of wraps up the whole story arc. But this whole new film is all about what would happen if dinosaurs had become part of the fabric of our world today. And of course, you know, without giving away any spoilers, a lot of chaos, a lot of disaster, a lot of dinosaur chases all ensue. The, uh, the fact there were some mammals living at the time of the dinosaurs and, you know, the whole unfortunate episode with the asteroid killing them all. Do we actually owe the fact that we're here today as human beings to the fact that there, aren't, there weren't any dinosaurs? Actually, dinosaurs and mammals go back to the same time. Both of these groups originated about 225 million years ago, back when all the land was gathered into one giant supercontinent. But they had different fates. The dinosaurs went big. They were destined for grandeur. Some dinosaurs became larger than jet airplanes. The mammals had to stick to the shadows. They never got bigger than a badger during the 150 million years they lived alongside dinosaurs. But then... 
when that asteroid hit 66 million years ago, this 10-kilometer-wide space rock traveling faster than a speeding bullet smashed into the Earth. It released more energy than one billion nuclear bombs put together. When that happened, it was a catastrophe of such unimaginable scale. Dinosaurs could not cope. Most mammals died too, but some mammals survived. These were our ancestors. We had ancestors that stared down that asteroid, and they were able to survive because they were small, they were nimble, they grew fast, they could eat lots of different food. And so if it was not for that asteroid killing the dinosaurs, dinosaurs would probably still be here, we probably would not be here. And it's a theme, again, in, in the new book, The Rise and Reign of the Mammals. I explore this theme. I tell the story of how, what happened when the asteroid hit and how mammals survived and how our ancestors then took over the world afterwards. Professor Steve Brusati is a paleontologist at the University of Edinburgh, a science consultant for Jurassic World Dominion, and just in case you missed it, the author of The Rise and Reign of Mammals, which was published yesterday. Steve, thank you very much. My pleasure, Sean. Thanks a lot. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm. On News Talk.